0: Welcome to the Christ Community Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message, that it draws you closer to Jesus and helps you become more like Him. Well, in a moment, we're going to hear from Reed, who has um, been, uh, he has spoken a couple other times. Was, has it been one other time? One other time. So we're so excited to hear from him again. We just really enjoy hearing from him today. And so he'll continue on with our sermon series on the Sabbath. And he'll be speaking from Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. And so Terry is going to come on up and read the scripture for us. And then Reed will be up to give us uh, the word of the Lord. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Terry. Good morning, everybody. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there. Thanks for having me here with you today. Some of you look a little bit sleepy. It's okay. Keep it short. And then we can go do our barbecue or whatever we wanted. But I wanted to welcome everybody online as well. And I am so glad to be part of your church. I started coming in January or February, thanks to an invitation from Pastor Brandon. And I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for all your love and kindness towards me. And you guys are the best. But I normally start with a story. Sometimes it's true. Sometimes it's fiction. You can decide at the end. But here's the story for you. There were three brothers, Joe, John, and Jimmy. They all lived together in San Francisco in a condo their wealthy mother had bought for them, and their mother's birthday was coming up. And they dreaded looking for a birthday gift for their mother because she was impossible to please. But because it was their mother, they knew they had to get her a present. So they looked in their trust fund, and they took out some money. And Joe... Got his mom a first edition copy of The Sun Also Rises by Ernest Hemingway, which was one of his mom's favorite authors, and he had it shipped to Europe where she was vacationing at her estate in the Alps. John gave her a big diamond ring and had it shipped by armed guard to the Alpine Estate in a special box. But Jimmy, Jimmy decided to try something a little unique. He found his mom a special parrot that could quote the entire Bible. <laughs> so he had it delivered to his mom's vacation estate in the Alps the day before her birthday in a customized wooden crate. A few weeks go by, and one of the brothers goes out and finds notes in the mail and says, Look at this, we got thank you notes. So they sit down and they read the notes to each other. Joe read his first, Dear Joe, I already have a first edition of The Sun Also Rises, I'm sorry to say. The leather case is too bulky for my library. John read here, Dear John, the ring is too small and doesn't even fit on my pinky. And it's not even worth getting resized. Finally, Jimmy read his mother's note, Dear Jimmy, thank you. I loved your gift. What a marvelous birthday meal. That was the most <laughs> tender fried chicken I have had in years. This morning, we're going to talk about a gift from God for all of us. And how, how should we receive the gift the right way? So here's our text, which Terry read. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Jesus said, come to me. All of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I'm lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to talk about three aspects of what Jesus is saying here. He's talking about a command, he's talking about an invitation, and he's talking about a promise. We'll look at the command. The invitation and the promise of Jesus this morning, the gift from God for us all, and then think about how should we receive this the right way. On first pass, if you look at these verses, it might remind you of Sunday school. You probably, if you were growing up in church, had this as one of your lessons, and for the craft, they'd give you cotton balls and felt, and you'd make little sheep, and you'd put it over your shoulder and say, look how much Jesus loves the sheep, and that is so true, That is totally valid. But as you grow up as an adult, you realize this is actually very, very substantial and very heavy, what Jesus is saying right here. If you were here three weeks ago, Pastor Brandon said, unless Jesus is God, then what he says in the New Testament is either a lie or it's crazy. And this is one of those passages. If you read this passage at your commencement address at a public school, you'd be in the principal's office for sure. If you were working for the State Department and you inserted it into one of your speeches, you would not be invited back. In certain countries, if you shared this passage in an email, they would flag your email and you would get in big trouble from the government. But why? Why? The reason is because Augustine said, Cicero and Plato said many wise things, but they never said, come unto me. There's a lot of wisdom in human literature and in the great speeches of history and art and music, but only Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Who is this Jesus saying something like this, and who is he talking to? He's talking to everybody here this morning who is weary and burdened. And if you're here and you're not weary and you're not burdened, you can go home now. The message is not for you. <laughs> but if you do feel weary and burdened, then stay for a few more minutes because Jesus has something to say to you. Maybe we all know it's Father's Day. Maybe part of your weariness and burden is that you're missing your dad. Maybe you didn't have a good dad. Maybe. You did have a good dad and you can't see him today. There are a lot of things that could be going on with that. Maybe you are a father and you have a child that you're not close to and it breaks your heart. There could be a lot of ways in which you're hurting. Maybe you lost a child. Maybe you feel anxious or exhausted or strained or worn out. Or maybe you ran a marathon a few weeks ago and you still haven't recovered from that. Jesus is talking to you this morning. If you're feeling down for the count in any way, Jesus is talking to you. One theologian said, Christ means by persons laboring and burdened, those whose consciences are distressed by their exposure to eternal death and who are inwardly so pressed down by their miseries that they faint. For this very fainting prepares them for receiving God's grace. That's a whole lot of stuff. Let me read it one more time. Christ means by persons laboring and burdened, those whose consciences are distressed by their exposure to eternal death and who were inwardly so pressed down by their miseries that they faint, for this very fainting prepares them for receiving his grace. You think about being scared to die. Is anybody scared to die? Sometimes I think about that. That's not a good thought. We're scared for what awaits us at death and after death, and we could faint just thinking about it. But in our fear, God meets us with his grace. If you're down for the count this morning, Jesus is talking to you. And what he's saying is, come to me, and I will give you rest. We're talking about Sabbath, and Sabbath means to rest. God created us to work. He commanded us to rest from the work one day a week, and then he modeled it for us. After he created the heavens and the earth, he rested and he remains in that rest to this day. He modeled rest, he created rest, and then he commanded rest. And as Pastor Brandon talked about last week, the command to rest is in the top 10 list of commandments in the Old Testament. And so we know that Jesus, when he talks about rest here, is not talking about it lightly, but with the thrust of a command. And that is the first point this morning. Jesus is commanding us to come to him. You think about commands. Anybody like taking them? They're sometimes mean and authoritarian, but they are sometimes given in love. If you've seen the movie Titanic, there's this part of it where Jack and Rose are standing on the deck of the sinking ship. And the White Star Line crew is loading women and children into the lifeboats. And Rose thinks about everything going down and how Jack saved her life. And she says to Jack, I'm not going without you. Does anybody remember what she says to him? She says, I'm not going without you. And then Jack says, get in the boat, Rose. That was a command. Get in the boat, Rose. He was not being mean or authoritarian. He commanded her to get in the boat out of love. If you know the person giving the command and you know that they love you, then you can obey knowing that that command was issued in love. And Rose got in the boat, even though she didn't want to, because she knew Jack loved her and wanted her to live, and she loved Jack too. And you know Jesus loves you. And he's giving you a command, come to me, get in the boat. And he's issuing that command in love, the question is, will you respond and obey that command? I think we know that Jesus loves us. Everybody has heard that. But what difference does it make? What difference does it make that Jesus, 2,000 years ago in a land far away from us today, said, come to me? The difference that it makes is that he still says it today He still calls you by His Spirit. He still speaks to you by His Word. He still commands you to come to Him in faith. It is a fierce love that we encounter in Jesus. The Bible says Christ's love compels us. Get in the boat. It's a magnetic love. It draws us to Him. And how can we not be drawn to Jesus when it's Him we've wanted our whole lives? He is the image of the invisible Father God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him, and he's before all things, and in him all things hold together, he's the head of the body of the church, he's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things in heaven or on earth by making peace through his blood shed on the cross the whole universe was created through him and for him and God in Christ is reconciling the world to himself He's not counting people's sins against them. He died for you. He was raised back to life on Easter for you. So we could be his people and he could be our God. The one who made everything there is then rested from his work of creation. And now he commands us to come to him and share in that rest with him. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. What makes this different than all the wise teachings the world has ever heard is that we have God in the flesh commanding us to come to Him and enter into a relationship with Him. Come to me, you come to me, and you will be my people and I will be your God. That is a command. It's important to remember... And Pastor Brandon is good about talking like this, that the command of God is not a thing to do or a rule to obey or a practice to quit. It is a relationship to enjoy. The command of God is not a thing to do, a rule to obey, or a practice to quit. It is a relationship to enjoy. And when you come to Jesus, He will give you rest. And you won't find that rest Anywhere else in him, you will find the rest that your soul longs for. That's a command. Will you obey this morning? Will you come to Jesus in obedience to the command of God and have a relationship with the living God who will give you rest? Or will you say, no, thank you. I don't care for that. Jesus Christ is the ultimate reality. He is God. There's nothing beyond him. You can read the philosophers and study the books of the world. You can get your PhD, but you will only find the rest for which your heart aches in Jesus. Cicero and Plato said a whole lot of wise things, but they never said, come unto me. That is God's command to you, and he issues it in love He loves you more than you'll ever know. You belong to him. And the question today is, will you come? It's a command. Number two, it's an invitation. Come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I'm lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. If you've ever read the message paraphrase of the Bible, you kind of get a fresh perspective. And I thought, you know, this was just a pastor who sat there and tried to write it in a fresh way. What if we did a message re-message paraphrase, which was like Eugene Peterson on steroids, and we could say something like this. Jesus said, come on over to my place. You look like you've been steamrolled by life, and we can chillax together. I'll teach you everything. I'm one of you. These aren't just light refreshments over here. These are soul refreshments. The invitational aspect is the come on over aspect. He's not merely commanding you to get in some boat. He is waiting in the boat for you. He is waiting for you to take him up on the offer. And this is the greatest invitation you'll ever get in your entire life. Turning down this invitation from Jesus is worse than turning down a $4.50 Beatles concert ticket. It is worse than taking off work and missing Elvis at the bar. It is worse than turning down the best job offer of your life. A life with Jesus is the hottest ticket in town, but people don't know him yet, and they don't realize what they're missing. They don't realize who he is. But the invitation is out there. And this church, what will be called Hillside Church, is on a mission to share the good news of Jesus with everyone. And you're a part of it. We don't want anybody in Denver to miss the news that Jesus is inviting them to come to him. The invitation is open to everyone. You think about the older son in the prodigal son story the prodigal comes home, the dad pulls out the Traeger and he smokes the fattest calf in the herd. The older son storms off and he throws a temper tantrum. The older brother became angry and he refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and I never disobeyed your orders, yet you give me, you never would give me even a young goat. So that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home. You kill the fatted calf for him. My son the father said you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad. Because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. And the story ends right there. The dad pleads with the older son to come inside and join the party. He's invited home and what does he do in the end? We don't know. We don't know if the older son comes home where he belongs and joins the party or if he storms off further out into the darkness. And we can't make that decision for him. The older son has to decide for himself. And nobody can make this decision on behalf of you Your parents cannot make this decision on behalf of you. Your spouse, your kids, your friends, you have to decide. Jesus has found you wherever you are. He invites you to come in. He promises to give you rest. The question is, will you obey that command and accept that invitation? And I hope you do come home to Jesus where you belong because that's where you belong. No matter what your life has been to this point, you belong to Jesus. He's calling you to Him right now. It's an open invitation. I wouldn't let this go by without accepting it. And if you do accept it, you will not regret it. The Nuggets just won the NBA championship on Monday night. Did anybody watch that? <laughs> After they won at the press conference, Nikola Jokic asked a reporter, When is Parade? The reporter said, Thursday. So they won on Monday. He asks, When is the parade? Thursday. That's three days away. He's exasperated. He says, No, I need to go home. He lives in Serbia. He wants to go ride his horses on the ranch. But guess what? Jokic stayed three days in Denver for the parade. And after the parade at the rally, Jokic went up to the microphone. And does anyone remember what he said? This is the kid-friendly version of what Jokic said. He said, you know that I told you I don't want to stay on parade, but I really want to stay on parade. And he smiled so big. And he said, this is amazing. We're all going to remember this our whole lives. And you know what? Jesus is inviting you to stay on parade with him. He's inviting you to come to him. And if you do, you will not regret it. It's hard to envision what a parade will be like. It's hard to sit here and envision what a life with Jesus will be like. But if you go on the fire truck with Jesus and do the parade, you will be so glad you did. It'll be amazing. You'll have your whole life with Jesus and eternity after. It will not be a mistake. Will you accept the invitation? It's a command we should obey. It's an invitation we should accept. And finally, it's a promise we should believe. Come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I'm lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I know nothing about farming, And a few weeks ago, I went to rural southern Colorado, and I met this farmer. And she showed me her cattle in the field, and I complimented her and said, what a great flock of cattle you have. (laughs) So I had to look up what a yoke is. And a yoke, according to Wikipedia, is a wooden beam sometimes used between a pair of oxen or other animals to enable them to pull together on a load when working in pairs. A yoke is for work. So what does Jesus mean when he says he'll give us rest, but then he has a yoke for us? One pastor said the yoke is the actual teaching of Jesus. Jesus' teaching will not be burdensome to us. But how is it that Jesus' teaching is easy and light when he says hard things? He says things like, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. He says, love your enemies. He says, if you even look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery with her in your heart. Jesus' teaching is hard. Pastor Brandon, a few weeks ago, he said, Jesus one time said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. That is a hard teaching. There's a teaching easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples freaked out and said, that's impossible, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them. It didn't say he said, it said Jesus looked at them and then he said, He had a relationship with them, he saw them, he noticed them, he was part of their lives. He said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. With God all things are possible. How is it that Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light? How do we find rest in his teaching and his way of life? Because he taught us, he's with us. Emmanuel means God with us, and with him nothing is impossible. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. He died for us. He was delivered over for our trespasses and raised for our justification. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. He came that we would have life and have it to the full. The Bible says the commands of the Lord are not burdensome. He came to give us rest in him. Last week, Pastor Brandon said, We were not created to be used by God. We were created to be loved by God. We find our right standing with God the Father in Him. We find a relationship with God in Him. And so we find our rest in Him. Come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is easy is light. Jesus teaches us that we do not save ourselves. A great theologian said about these verses, Christ did not intend to show man what he can do of himself, but only to inform us what must be the feelings of those who come to him. And those who come to him are those that are weary and burdened. And if you feel weary and burdened this morning, then you're the kind of person who would want to come to Jesus for the rest you can find in him. And that is a good thing. The same theologian said Christ stretches out his hand to all the afflicted. Remember he said, I didn't come for the healthy, I came for the sick. You feel afflicted this morning. Jesus is reaching out his hand to you. Will you take it? Will you take his hand? He will give you rest no matter how steamrolled by life you are. He will share the burden. He will give you rest. That is the faith component. Of what Jesus is saying here. He's given us a command to obey. He's given us an invitation to accept and now by faith a promise to believe. And you can obey the command to come, you can accept the invitation to come, but do you believe that by doing that you will find rest? And I think that's something Christians can struggle with a lot. We believe in Jesus, we hear his call on our lives, we follow him, we obey his command and accept the invitation to come but we often don't feel like we're living in the Sabbath rest that he promises. And I assure you, when Pastor Brandon is back next week to pick up this series, he will answer that question. (laughs) But I can say one small thing right now. The rest that we find in Jesus Christ has to be attained to by faith. We have to believe in Jesus. We have to trust him to provide what we cannot find anywhere else. We have to believe that he will give us rest and take the leap of faith and go in the boat with him and rest in his arms. And we can only have Jesus by grace through faith. We can't have him by trying harder or climbing a ladder or being more religious or being smarter or impressing more people or by being better than everybody around us. We can only have Jesus and the rest that is found in him by faith. That faith is the gift of God so that nobody can boast. And so the rest that is found only in Jesus is found as a gift of God, which Jesus will provide to us. He says, I will give you rest. Do you believe that? There's no question that part of what he means about this rest is eternal security, that our salvation in him is secure. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry about being good enough for God or what will happen when we die. He came to give you rest from worrying about death. He's got you. You're covered. You're going to be ushered into heaven courtesy of Jesus. And knowing that will allow you to rest in Jesus. And resting in Jesus will allow you to know that your eternity is secure. One more thing, resting in Jesus means you're not alone. After Moses had led the people out of slavery in Egypt through the Red Sea into the wilderness, they got lost and they were stuck. They were 40 years away from the promised land. And Moses got desperate and Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me lead these people, but you've not told me who you will send with me. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and i will give you rest my presence will go with you and i will give you rest you are not alone jesus is with you you may feel desperate today you may feel downtrodden you may have health challenges or financial or relational problems things may be falling apart at work or with your family If you look inside at your heart or your mind, it may feel like things are falling apart on the inside of you. But Jesus says to you, come to me, all of you, no exception, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I'm lowly and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you believe him? We live by faith and not by sight. There is our eternal rest in the new creation across the Jordan, and God will give that to us one day. But the promise is valid even today. Even now in this world where we do have trouble, where we're burdened and heavy laden, we can take heart because God has overcome the world, and his presence will go with us by his Spirit. And he will give us rest even now you're not alone. Jesus is with you. You will find your rest in him today and tomorrow and every day. That is a promise from God to you. It is a gift. The question is, do you believe it? Let's pray. God, we praise you for your word. We praise you. For this invitation. For everybody here. That is crushed by life. We pray that you'd call them. By your Holy Spirit. And they would hear you. Pulling them to you right now. Today. That they would respond in faith. Holy Spirit. Let everybody here. Hear this message and respond with joy. And for everybody here. Who is desperate for rest. Maybe they're stuck And they feel so downtrodden. They feel destroyed. Please rescue them from the places that are crushing their spirit. Please provide a way forward into the promised land. Please provide the rest that their heart aches for. Let them find it in you. Whether they find it directly from you or whether you provide means that this world has offered to them for them to find the relief that they need and the rest that they need. Please, Lord, work with the doctors and work with friends and work with everything that is good in this world to bring rest to everybody who's dying for it. Mm -hmm. And then even beyond all the good things in the world, Lord, that you would be the ultimate and final place in which they would find their rest. We pray that in your name. Mm -hmm. Thanks for tuning into the podcast this week. For more information on Christ Community Church in Southeast Denver, visit ChristCommunityDenver.org.